Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 34. Here's Pastor Ryan. Um, turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 34. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 34. And give me an amen once you are there. We'll be beginning in verse 29. So Father, we thank you again this evening for your goodness, for your love, for your grace, for your mercies. Lord, that are new every day. We're just so grateful that you love us, that you care for us, that, Lord, you stretch us and mold us and are shaping us into the image of your Son. And, Lord, we know that your Word has a huge part in shaping us to be the Christians that you want us to be. And so, Father, as we study your Word, we pray. Speak to our hearts, Lord. You know our needs you know the needs of your church, and we're just open tonight. I pray that you would remove any distractions from our heart, any hardness of heart, any pride. Lord, for you say in your word, you resist the proud, but you give grace to the humble. Give us humble hearts, Lord. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Amen. So King Josiah... We've been with him for a while now. We know that he is a good king, the good king of, of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel. We know that the northern kingdom of Israel is no longer that the Assyrians have taken them into captivity, into slavery. And all of this because of God's judgment upon Israel, for they had forsaken the Lord and gone after other gods, worshiping basically the pagan gods, the wicked gods of uh, the nations around them. But King Josiah chose to honor God, chose to live for the Lord, and and he made tremendous reforms. Uh, he was eight years old when he began to reign, and he would reign for 31 years. And so uh, we're told uh, that uh, in the restoration and the rebuilding of the temple here, because it was in shambles, it wasn't being used, uh, King Josiah, they found the lost book of the Word of God. So the Word of God was missing, the scripts were missing, and they found it. And when it was read to King Josiah, even though his heart was already set on honoring God and loving God, and God blessed him, even though he loved the Lord, when he heard uh, the book of the law, he began to weep, and he tore his clothes, and and um, just really was broken and convicted over it, because he realized that, you know, in those first five books of Moses, in Deuteronomy, and and uh, there's so many uh, uh, promises of God's blessings, but there's also the warnings and the curses that if God's people would turn away from Him to follow these pagan wicked gods that there would be a consequence to pay. And so he knows that, that the wrath of God is coming upon the southern kingdom of Judah. And uh, King Manasseh uh, before him was such a wicked king and had led 
the southern kingdom of Judah in, in further apostasy. We're talking they were taking their children down to the valley and burning them in the fires of Baal. Great wickedness, great sexual immorality. And so uh, judgment is coming. And we're going to read about the judgment that comes because the Babylonians are going to come and take them, take Judah into captivity for 70 years. And so that's going to happen um, here soon. But King Josiah is that last good king. And so, like I said, he, he had the word of God read and it broke him. And then he inquired of the Lord uh, from a prophetess, a uh, woman named Hulda. Uh, we, maybe we should call her, call her Hilda, it'd be easier, but Hulda. Anyways, she told them that certain calamity was coming because they had turned away from God. Certain calamity was coming. Um, but she said because King Josiah uh, was had a soft heart, a tender heart towards God, that he would have peace and die in, in uh, uh, he would go to the grave in peace and that his eyes would not see the calamity which was coming upon Judah. And so he, he got some good news and some bad news. The bad news is the calamity's coming, but the good news is because he was tender towards God, God was going to spare him from seeing that. And so, again, the lesson is that you know, the, the, the promises in, in, in Christ are yea and amen. Christ came to save us from our sins and to bless our lives. Yes, he did. But the truth is that we have to obey the Lord. If we do not obey the Lord as Christians today, we can only face the chastening of the Lord. We can only face calamity and also believe by faith that bad things are coming because of disobedience towards Christ. So the the exhortation is always there with the stories of these kings to honor the Lord in your life. Seek him, bless him, and he will bless your life. Don't put anything before the Lord and and uh, seek not to play any games with him, but to be honest with Jesus because he deserves that honesty from us because he died on the cross for our sins and rose on the third day for our justification. He is worthy of our obedience. And so after uh, this, we read in verse 29, then the king sent and gathered all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites and all the people, both great and small. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant which had been found in the house of the Lord. Then the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies, and his statutes, with all his heart and all his soul, to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book. And he made all who were present in Jerusalem uh, and Benjamin take a stand. So the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. Thus Josiah removed all the abominations from all the country that belonged to the children of Israel and made all who were present in Israel diligently serve the Lord their God all the days, all his days they did not depart from following the Lord God of their fathers. And so we know that it was Josiah's heart to restore 
true worship there in Jerusalem. And he had done so much. And we read here just his, his heart. And it's, he has a, a, a wonderful heart towards the Lord. He gathers all the people, both great and, and little, to hear the words of the Lord. The words of the Lord meant so much to him. He was so blessed that he wanted this for his kingdom. He wanted them to hear the words of the Lord. No doubt in hopes that they would hear the word of the Lord and be broken to the heart and just have a sincere heart to worship the Lord. But this is the time of Jeremiah's ministry. Jeremiah is on the scene at this time. So if you read the book of Jeremiah, you realize that that the southern kingdom of Judah, that the people really didn't have a heart for the Lord. Yeah, Josiah made a wonderful vow to the Lord. We're going to follow your commandments, Lord. We're going we're gonna to do what your word says. With all of our heart and with all of our soul, we're going to follow it. That was his heart. He really loved the Lord. I'm going to follow God. And he did the, and then it says that he made all of them take a stand as well. You see, the wording is that he made them make a commitment as well. It says that, you know, that he would also go around and get rid of all of the abominations, all of the perverse things in, in the, in the false idol uh, altars and incense. He would take all that stuff down. And it says that everyone followed the ways of the Lord all the days of Josiah. And so there is a, a forcing by the king, if you will, for the nation to honor God. But according to Josiah, the people really weren't backing him up in that. In Jeremiah chapter 7, let's turn there so that we wake up. Chapter 7, Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 1. And give me an amen once you are there. All right. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim, uh, and proclaim there this word. And say, hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah, who enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Do not trust in these lying words, saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these for if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, or walk after other gods to, to your hurt, then I will cause you to dwell in this place in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. That was the warning towards the people because... Now that the temple was up and running and restored, there was a religiosity to the people. They looked at the temple restored. It looked nice. They were going in and out, and they were saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, like their blessing is in that temple. And God saw through that religiosity, and he's 
through the prophet Jeremiah, he says to them, don't say the temple, the temple, amend your ways. Be obedient to the Lord. Love God in your heart. It's not about attending the temple or doing the rituals that they were doing. It was about God sees the heart and their heart was not with the Lord. That's why judgment was coming upon Judah and it was coming and it's coming fast. But yet Josiah is still commanding them, hey, as long as I'm king, we're going to keep this up. And the people did it really out of obedience to King Josiah, but their heart really wasn't for the Lord. And of course, there's the lesson that God doesn't desire us, to, desire us, obviously, to have a religious faith, a faith that is based on outward appearance, but inward, there's no truth, there's no sincerity. God looks for the inward, sincerity in the inward parts. He's not looking for church attenders. He's looking for changed lives, people who are broken and willing to follow the Lord, to follow his ways. There are too many people who come in and out of temples and churches, and they do what they think is their religious duty, but inside there's corruption. There's no real change in their life. There's no real abiding with the Lord. There's no real tight relationship with Jesus. And the Lord is calling us to be real with them, to be sincere with them, to not have a religiosity about us, but have a true faith that says we put God first, not because the king forces us or anybody forces us, but because we love Jesus for what he has done for us. That we would amend our ways and change our ways and, and make vows to him that are legitimate. And many people, may, you know, when we came to faith in Jesus Christ, did we all not make a vow? I remember making a vow in church. I, I said to God, forgive me, I'm a sinner. If you'd come into my life and forgive me of my sins, I'm yours forever. That was my vow. And so I know that that's how we're born again. We ask God to come into our, into our hearts, but it's also a vow, a commitment on our part that we're going to live for him now. And if we don't live for him, who are we living for but ourselves? And are we really saved if we're living for ourselves? The Bible says to examine yourself whether or not you are in the faith. I know I'm sweating and, you know, it is, huh? You can't get it right with this old heater, but I need to lose. It's like a sauna. It's awesome. (laughs) I'm Calories. (laughs) but he desires truth in the inward parts vows to the lord the bible said says is they're binding jesus said why do you call me lord lord and not do the things that i ask jesus can clearly he taught the disciples and and as he went around and told the people i i can i can see who's real and who's not I can see who really loves me and who's in it just because they want to experience something in a church or whatever. It's all experiential. No, we want to follow Jesus because our sins are heavy and he takes them from us and we love him for it and we want to follow him and we give our lives to him because he has saved us from the pit of hell. What a beautiful vow he made. And if your vow isn't uh, that... uh, 
that strong today, perhaps today's tonight's the night of saying, Lord, you know what? I, I've made that commitment, but I haven't been, you know, full on living for you. This is what's happening in our story. You have a bunch of people saying, oh, what a wonderful temple. And God forbid, there's a bunch of people saying, oh, what a wonderful church Sweet Hills has now. And I just go and come back and go and come back. But I don't live for Jesus every day of my life. Jesus in John 14, verses 21 through 24, he said this. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he, let's turn there better. Yeah, let's turn there. John chapter 14. Verse 21. Give me an amen. John 14, verse 21. He says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. And so that Jesus says there, he who has my commandments and what, guys? And keeps them, right? It is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And Judas Iscariot said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me, does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. And so Jesus knows how to make the distinction because he's God and he's smarter than everybody. And if there's anybody who cannot get played in the universe, it's God. And Jesus makes it really simple. You know, if we love him, we will not practice sin. If we love him, we will keep his word. Josiah, he's there as the king. He's saying, make a vow, stand for God. Let's clean up all of the abominations. Let's serve the Lord. And they're like, aye, aye, captain, as long as he's alive. And afterwards, they go straight back to their sin. It wasn't legit. It was just skin deep. It wasn't here in the heart. The question is, is it in our heart tonight that you love God? Because if you don't love God, if he's not first in your life, man, we petition. God loves you. Give your life to him. Because without Jesus, faith in Jesus Christ, you will not see heaven and you will not see anybody else. When you die, it's hell for eternity. It's that serious. The Apostle Paul says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Amen? And so back in our text, he made this covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments. Verse 1 of chapter 35. Now Josiah kept a Passover to the Lord in Jerusalem, and they slaughtered the Passover lambs 
on the 14th day of the first month. And we know the Passover, out of all the feasts of the Jews, it's the Passover that was was the greatest feast. And of course, it spoke of their salvation from slavery in Egypt when God saved them and the sign of from the bondage of Egypt. And the sign was the blood of a lamb was to be slaughtered, roasted, and eaten. And they were to take some of that blood and put it on the doorpost. And, and the angel of death, as it passed over the houses, if they saw, if he saw the blood on the doorpost, that house was saved. We are told in the New Testament that Jesus Christ is our Passover. He is the Lamb of God. If we believe in his blood for the redemption of our sins, we shall be saved. And so it's the biggest feast. And here Josiah is, is getting it going. And he set the priests in their duties and encouraged them for the service of the house of the Lord. Then he said to the Levites who taught all Israel, who were holy to the Lord, to put the holy ark in the house which Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, built. It shall no longer be a burden on your shoulders. And so the ark of the covenant is mentioned here. It was not in the temple. And so uh, the king tells the Levites who taught the word to take the ark into the temple and carry it no more. But it says here that he also encouraged the priests. It's almost like it's at a time where the king himself is having to encourage the priests and the Levites to serve the Lord. And so it's not, there's not a, a lot of, uh, uh, of, of zeal and passion going on here you can sense that the end is coming uh the captivity and the wrath of god is coming so he's encouraging them to serve the lord he says here now serve the lord your god and his people israel prepare yourselves according to your father's houses according to your divisions and so i love that he tells them that they are to serve the lord and his people and then he says that they are to prepare themselves. And I think every single believer is called to serve the Lord. Serve the Lord in one form or another. See how you can serve the Lord. And secondly, serve one another. And when you take that step of faith, you are most blessed. And your rewards in heaven are just going to be through the roof. But not only that, he tells them to prepare themselves before they can go minister to their brethren. And that is the case for every believer as well. When you wake up, mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, and you, or brothers and sisters, wherever we're at in life, when we wake up and we spend time in this book in the morning, we have our devotion and we spend that time with the Lord, we are preparing our heart to serve the Lord and to serve him in any capacity that we can in our home, in our jobs, in our church. It all begins with the preparation of the heart. I share with my leaders what God has shared with me and I have learned over the years that we can't just come in here and, and think we can roll out of bed and serve the Lord. We must prepare ourselves by spending time with him, quiet time with him, preparing our heart. Because when you spend time in prayer with the Lord, he will give you the wisdom and the knowledge that you need in order to be good parents, good grandparents, siblings, whatever it is in the home life and whatever it is at your job, whatever you're doing, God will give you what you need to shine there, to witness there. But you must prepare yourself. I can't 
Just expect God to just bless when we don't prepare ourselves. He loves to prepare us. He loves to minister to us. When we sit still in preparation to serve the Lord, man, we're pouring out our heart to him about all our problems. We're, we're confessing sin. We're in, in prayer, we're talking to him about our whole lives. All that bothers us. All that's good in us. All that, that he's done that we're thanking him. We're, we're praising him and we're praying and, and then we get prepared. You go into, your workplace with a whole different attitude. You come into church with a whole different attitude. And he strengthens us as we prepare ourselves in our days and in our lives. Are you preparing yourself? It's a beautiful thing. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't